Would you say that Fort Wayne, Indiana is more depressing than anywhere in Texas? Absolutely. Tap and step. Your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends, your amigos at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am Tep, Greg Tepper. And I'm Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very much. You are you're wonderful. And and we don't tell you that enough. But thank you very much for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We would not sit here and do this podcast if it weren't for you. That's an actual fact. Oh, I would, yeah. I would go home. Yeah. It's it's five thirty on a Monday afternoon and you have a Young child at I home. I have a nine-month-old at yeah. home. I could be spending time with my son, and instead, I'm spending time with you. you so think, thank you for spending part of your day. You think Tep Wife is sitting there right now feeding Hank and just cursing you that you're talking about high school football? Um, Or, or do you have under, I, understanding I, Tep she, Wife? She has a, I have a very understanding wife, for just like you do, Yes, of, like, of the nonsense that we go through um, and the nonsense that this, um, this whole thing kind of entails. But I will say that I think that I think I think this is probably the thing that she understands the least. And then she's like, she says, "Just wait a second. You do a podcast every day on the on the show, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then on Mondays you go and stay late and talk for an hour, even more." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's kind of the long and short." Of <laughs> yeah, it. I, I mean, if you're putting it in simplest terms, that's exactly what it is. You kind of nailed it there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in any case. Um, don't let Greg's death be in vain. Please don't. Please don't. I need this very much. So uh, thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very, very much. Um, coming up here, we will have our week four kind of recap and then, of course, our week five draft. But we will start, as always, Matthew, with your Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Texas High School Football Fun Fact of the Week. Oh, yeah. Matt Stepp, we are now into week five of Texas high school football season. Uh, and there is... Let me make sure I've got this right, because that would be very embarrassing if someone were to fact-check and be wrong. Okay, Matt, stop. Which district in Texas high school football... It's a, a, I'm sorry. Which public 11-man district, although it is technically, of all of them, it is the highest, but it is a public 11-man district. Which public 11-man district right now has the highest winning percentage among Ooh. all of its teams. That's a good one. I'm going to play the odds here mm. and go with a, a smaller school, mm. smaller district, because I think it'd be mm. easier to have a high, higher winning percentage mm. when you are in a small district. So my you, guess go ahead. is going to be, I'm going to go with District 3-4A Division 1. That's an excellent guess. And in fact... You're quite warm in the sense that it is a small district, mm-hmm. and it is in 4A Division One. Really? Oh, I missed it. But it is not 3-4A Division One. Okay. But only by virtue of this district has three undefeated teams, a 3-1 and one team, and a 2-2 two and two team. I am speaking of District 15-4A Division One. 4-0 Beville Jones, 4-0 Pleasanton, 4-0 or three and Bernie, three and one Gonzalez. Very impressive, Gonzalez. Yes, by the way. yes. That's a one-two punch of, of results that they got. Yes, you know, you know. I was reading something about Gonzalez. Uh, 
first, only the third time in school history they've beaten Quero and Yoakum in the same year. Only three other, two, twice, two other times wow. they've done it. This is the third time. That's impressive. Yes. Uh, and then uh, two and two Lavernia. They have so they are a grand total of uh, sixteen and three. Yeah, I think three four A Division one is thirteen and three. They, they are second in three four A Division one. Yeah. I can tell you that. And there's not many above eighty one percent. But the winningest district right now, and this is this is good to do this right now before everyone starts getting into district play. And it starts beating each other. It, yeah. it gets terrible. So. The winning is uh, Hang the Flag. Um, yeah. Uh, Beville Region Jones, four, stand up. Bernie, uh, Gonzalez, and Lavernia. You are part of the winningest district. That was a good a, district last year, too. Very balanced district, one we through had, five. We had a lot of, we had a fair number, because I tweeted out some stuff about uh, our computer rankings and about the toughest districts in, in, each, in each classification. And there are people like, what about this? What about this? What about this? And I think what people don't understand is that all the teams count uh, in a district. Mm-hmm. That, for example... Uh, there were a lot of people. Let me see if I can find a perfect example of one. Um, oh, uh, I think it was the Cameron Yo district. So if you go to Cameron Yo's district, which is in two 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 two, you're listening to live coverage of me finding that district. The ten, district ten. Did I have that right? Uh, yeah, three. it is. Yeah. And the, and what they're doing is they're saying, oh well, dude, Rockdale, Cameron Yo. Even, like, Troy? Mm. Lago Vista's off to a great start? Gerald's like, yes, totally agree. First and foremost, the computer's not in love with all those teams. They're not in love with Gerald. They think three. They think they're a bit of a soft 3-1. But then you add in, you, you have to count Little River Academy, who's not been great. No. And Maynard New Tech, who's a new program and riding the struggle. They're struggling. They're yeah. struggling. You have to count all of them, and like they all count. And so it was people like I just don't understand. You got these; they've got like two state championship contenders, and it's like I agree. At the very top, that district's amazing. But when you when you average it all out, in any case, that's your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. All right, Matthew, let's get into a quick week four recap uh, across the state of Tejas. And the biggest thing for me, uh, overall, aside from hashtag war on weather. How's that going, by the way? Oh, my God. I think people are hopping on board. I think they're... You're starting to get some support. I'm starting to get some traction. Yeah. But um, what I will say is that the thing that, that stood out to me is that the games that mattered mattered in a significant way as far as districts are concerned. That we now have a couple of front runners in districts that... We didn't think we would mm-hmm. by virtue of doing it. And, and there were three examples that sprung to mind. One is not necessarily a huge upset, but Manville over Fort Bend Marshall. We talked about that on the podcast yeah. last yeah. week. And a game that was certainly on our radar, we knew it was going to be an important game. And, and Manville exacted some revenge. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, like, I, I only saw highlights, admittedly. But it seemed like Manville was just plain and simple. They just plain and simple beat them. Like they were, they were the better team. Didn't sound anything fluky. It just sounded like they made, they made, they made plays and, and their yeah. defense stepped up. You know, held, held on at the end a little bit. Marshall made a run. That's mm-hmm. what you expect good teams to do. But and, and the impressive thing is, is talking to all the Manville coaches this this winter on the clinic circuit. They they all thought they were a year away. They thought twenty twenty the year. They thought twenty twenty was going to be their year and. It's happening now, so this is this is very impressive. And I tell you, Man- Manville has leaped into the uh, conversation as a state title contender. Yeah, at this they're, point. they're up to number two in yeah. Dave Campbell's Texas football's rankings. Um, and then uh, there was kind of a, a I would say a, not a stunner, but a, but definitely a surprise was Red Oak over South Oak Cliff. Yeah, especially because last year Sock drilled Red Oak, yeah, hammered him at Red Oak, mm-hmm. and this year I, I think this says maybe Sock's not quite. What they were last year, they're still very good. 
Uh, but last year, Sock had a really special group. They pushed Alito in, in the uh, third round of the playoffs, by, yeah. lost by 14. Mm-hmm. Had a special team. I, you know, because Red Oak, I think Red Oak's good, but I, I don't know how good Red, I mean, Red Oak lost, got drilled in week one by Braswell. I know. So maybe this, uh, you know, maybe it's a more indicator of Sock coming back to the pack in Region 2 a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, and we were, we were talking about this in the Slack, and. I mentioned on te- Text Football today, I'll mention it again here, not enough people are going to pay attention to the fact that Bridgeland drilled Cyran on Saturday. Because it was, cause it's, it's Saturday, and I don't mean that yeah. as a disrespectful thing. No, it's, there's very few people paying attention to high school football on Saturday. I'm one of them. Me too. Uh, uh, and, and between most everyone else is talking college football, even in our Slack chat. you know, yes. college, Me and Tepper are usually the only ones in Slack going, you seen this game tonight? Yeah. This is crazy. And, and I, we started instant messaging each other because no one cared about what we were of course you know everybody's talking about tcu smu texas oklahoma state and tepper and i are talking about bridgeland side ranch because we're nerds but that was not only because bridgeland won but that that they dominated start to finish i mean it mm-hmm. was Fair deferred and bridgeland went down and scored a touchdown and it was i mean it was over yeah basically it was over and bridgeland has now jumped from a team by the way hipster pick this year Hipster pick. I know. Bridgeland was a hipster pick, so I'm making me look smart there. But they're they're jumping now from, and I picked them as a hipster pick, thinking they might have a chance to be in the mix for third or fourth. Mm-hmm. Well, now they're in the mix for a district championship, and they've really elevated themselves. And you know, Cy, Bridgeland pulled a lot of Cy Ranch's talent. Bridgeland, the, the main school that Bridgeland took from when they, it opened was Cy Ranch. So mm-hmm. you're starting to see that old Cy Ranch talent now be at Bridgeland. So. Um, David Raphael's got a good thing going, and the Bears, the Bears are are playing with a lot of confidence right now. So uh, they're they're they got a chance to make a lot of noise this year. No, absolutely. It, it, that was that was certainly surprising, and and again, you talk about a team that, I mean, really, probably took control of that district. Yeah, I mean, Cy Ranch was the district favorite. Now, it's still a long way to go. That's a long yeah. district season, and you know, nine district games, but. But right now, you have to pencil Bridge- Bridgeland in as the uh, favorite in fourteen six A. So, and the other thing, for me, the other thing that's that's interesting is, and and uh, Craig Way brought it up. Another undefeated team that I, I don't want to keep kissing your butt, but and I, I believe another one of your picks was Corpus Christi Miller. Is that right? Yes, that was. And 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 post, uh, and post, post. Oh, also undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, beat Abernathy this week. Yeah. Uh, uh, we but they, hey, a win's were, a win. And oh, a win's a win. Don't and they apologize. Were, and they were up. I mean, even yes. if Abernathy would have come back to win that game, I think for Post yes. to play a 3A Division two team close, because that, that game, Post was up by a point midway mm-hmm. through the third quarter. So that game probably would have come down to the wire no matter what. So good job, Post. But, um, but yeah, Corpus Christi Miller, is, a, is they're a flamethrower on offense mm-hmm. down in Corpus Christi. And with Flower Bluff beating Vets, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I think – um, the door is open for... I think if that district is down, like if, if those two teams that have long been, not long, but they've been the, the power nexus of that district, um, if they're down, why not Miller? Yeah. Why not? And I think I think, well, I think Miller's, Miller's playing Flower Bluff next week, I believe, so that could be a, a real... A real, real, you know, indicator mm-hmm. of who wins that district. Um, that's more or less all that I saw um, across the state. It was, it was a lot chalkier. There wasn't any place that um, there are teams that I'm starting to just like. We we mentioned we mentioned Yokum, Yokum, y- like I'm just starting to wonder if either Yokum and 
Cuero are both just down this year. I'm not wondering. I, I'm I'm yeah. pretty confident yeah. both of them are down this yeah. year. And, and I, I know I'm, we mentioned it in the in, in our private talks. You know, in seven on seven, mm-hmm. I saw Cuero in. in they looked down, yeah. just with their skill kids, and 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 but we you know we gave them you know defending state champ. You give them a little bit of a kiss in the rankings, but I could, I'm not totally mm-hmm. completely surprised by that. Yoakum, I'm a little more surprised by because they they were they were young last year and mm-hmm. they kind of found a way to you know get to the semifinals. So a little more surprised at their struggles, but I, I wonder if they'll have a chance to get it together in district because their district with with Goliad being down. Mm-hmm. Edna's good, but they're not. I don't think Edna's what they were last year either. Right. So maybe Yoko has a chance to still get it together. Cuero, on the other hand, man, with Wimberley and Navarro in that district, I know. they they could be looking at a third place finish. Now the playoff path is a little a little bit lighter for them, but I, I definitely think they're they're down this year. Okay, so let's get into our week five draft. Uh, if this is your first time listening to Tep and Step, welcome. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, this is where we go back and forth. Um, Picking games uh, that we are most interested in. Uh, I'll pick one, then Step will pick one, then I'll pick one, etc. Um, go, we'll go five rounds, uh, and uh, once it's picked, it's off the board. With the coin flip beforehand, I won the coin flip. Man, I was on a roll. I was on a winning streak. There. You were, but I, I you know, it, it is a coin. Yeah. Um, so, can we get Roscoe the pick and chicken to do it next yes, time? Roscoe okay. uh, is on retainer. All right, let's get into my first pick, and I think I think there's about. It's a good week overall. I would say it's a really good week, and if you're willing to dig, it's a great week. Yeah, there's some good games. That There's this top level of really, really headline-grabbing games, and then if you go down just a little bit deeper and you go a little bit off the beaten path... The kind of not-quite-hipster games, but yes. under-the-radar... Yes. Not you know big time. There's games. a really nice level of those games this week. Uh, I am going to pick. I think one of the obvious ones, and I am going to take a Houston area game. Okay, 7 p.m. Friday night, Wildcat Stadium in Angleton. Mm. I'm going to go 10 5 uh, a Division One matchup. That is not the 10 5 a Division One matchup that everyone's got circled. Yes, this is the other one that I think might actually be super awesome. I'm going with Angleton and Alvin Shadow Creek. Uh, Shadow Creek, uh, at this point, you probably know about them. They have been awesome, been really good. They yeah, have been dominant. Um, and and they're back. And, and you know, we had big questions about what this offense is going to look like without Jamarian George. But Kyron Drones has been superb. Yes. he He's going to be more of the, you know, the D1 prototype yes. quarterback. He's the guy who can stand in the pocket and throw the ball and has the big arm and mm-hmm. uh, checks all the boxes for the recruit Knicks. And... I think, but I think Shadow Creek. The thing about them is their defense. Yes, they 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 made their living on defense last year, and man, they've been good this year so far. Which, which, by the way, is also what like that's what Angleton's always about. Angleton's defense is always really, really good. And by the way, they're also really, really good as well. They've given up seven points in each of their first two games. Um, Terrence Cooks for Angleton, Xavier Alford. Like, if you want superstars, it's got superstars. If you got blue chips, you got blue chips. If you just want two good teams, well, coach teams, you've got that. Contracts of Styles, Shadow Creek's a spread team. Angleton still runs the wing tee. They run the wing tee, and so. they grind it out. They want to keep this score low. Um, uh, this game is really interesting because I, I think that, obviously, the other team in this district that everyone's paying attention to is Richmond Foster. And Richmond Foster didn't go away. I know they lost that one game, to, uh, which is aged well. The four-pin Travis lost. Travis is a solid 6-8 Travis is a solid 6 team. Still undefeated. Yeah, Could they're be four a district title week. contender. Right. Um, it's aged well. They haven't gone away. But I think everyone, like before the year, partially because of our rankings, 
I think Foster was three and, and Shadow Creek was five or something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. I think they had that game circled. Well, Angleton very quietly has been great. They've been dominant and, and they run the ball. Jordan Jones is the, is kind of the, the, uh, the hammer in this wing T offense. Um, and the defense has been its traditional amazing self. Two small, weird things. One, is that I feel like nobody talks about the fact that Shadow Creek can run the ball. Javion Bell, their running back, is really good, um, and they forced thirteen turnovers in t- yeah, three they're, games. They're their play making dudes. Yeah. Here's the other thing: Shadow Cr- or Angleton has played once, basically in the last month. Yep. So they took the week two bye. They had a week two idle. Mm-hmm. Then they played Clear Creek, dropped Clear Creek. They were supposed to play last week against Houston Westside. And got canceled. That game got canceled. Yeah. One of a few teams were, that have had that extended breaks. Yes. So, so they basically have had a double bye. And by the way, that Clear Creek game was not competitive. And so you wonder how much those starters were playing mm-hmm. in the third, fourth quarter. There's a fair chance they've played 20 minutes of meaningful football in the month of September. Labor Day, yeah. And the other thing is, is it's not like they had a chance to pre- prepare for Shadow Creek because all last week they were prepping for West Side. Yes. Up until Thursday, they thought they were playing West Side. So basically, they don't have the week of preparation that Shadow Creek has had. So mm-hmm. Angleton's going to have a little bit of rust. Mm-hmm. Shadow Creek, less rust. And they've had two weeks to get ready for this game. Yes. So that's a disadvantage. I, on, on Angleton's advantage, I would say their quarterback, They looking at their numbers this mm-hmm. year, they've thrown the ball better this year than they have in the past, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to need to have some balance in, in, in order to move the ball against Shadow Creek. If they're just going to try to line up and, and run against the Shadow Creek defense, I think they're going to be in for a long night. They've got to be able to keep them honest because um, Shadow Creek's defense is just too talented. Yes, I, I totally agree. So um, this is going to be a – this will be very interesting – um, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. My, my first pick is Angleton and Shaw Creek. What is your first pick? All right, I'm going to take a district, ball, a big district ball game down in San Antonio. I was in San Antonio last week, and I'm going back down there this week. This game is on Friday night, so I will not be there. But first place in District 28-6A is on the line. Mm-hmm. You've got 4-0 Brandeis, 3-0 in district, taking on 4-0 Brennan, 3-0 in district as well. Uh, to me, the game of the week in the Alamo City. Oh, yeah. Um, what I like about these two teams is they, they get it done with defense. Both teams are really strong on the defensive side of the ball, very fast, very physical. Uh, Brandeis um, was the team. They got to the regional final last year. They got a lot of talent back um, with um, Jordan Battles and Genova Rangel um, leading the way. Kind of a nice one-two punch for that offense. And, and their defense, like I said, has been very uh, good. pretty shut down. Last week they only allowed 151 yards and a 42-7 win over Clark. Clark's only touchdown came on a fumble return for a touchdown. Yeah. So the defense pitched a shutout in that game. Uh, Brennan, on the other hand, had a little bit more trouble than I would have expected with Taft. Um, they beat Taft on Saturday night, but it was twenty nine to ten. So they kind of, you know, that Taft was kind of hanging around in that game a little bit. Um, gives me a little bit of pause for concern in that game. But uh, Darian Tolfrey um, did a little bit of everything for Brennan in this game. He's he, awesome. Uh, he uh, ran for a touchdown, and he caught a touchdown pass and uh, had over 100 yards uh, rushing and receiving um, each. Um, so he gave, gives them a good uh, good weapon. But uh, their defense was really good last week against Taft. But the difference to me in this game is I think Brandeis is just a little more explosive offensively. And I think that gives them the edge in this game, which I think. And another thing to keep an eye on this game is not only uh, both of these teams are likely going to be Division Two, mm-hmm. so not only is a potential district title on the line, but 
potential playoff seating. Yes, like and, big time playoff seating. Yeah, and hosting and, and you know trying to get that more favorable first round matchup. Right. So there's a lot on the line in this game at Northside ISD because you know they're it's a ten team district as well, so it's a long district, and they've already played three district games. So they're they're uh, this district season is long, and then the winner of this game is going to be four and zero and almost halfway to a district title. Well, the weird thing is that like we talk about how. Um, we talk about how, like, you know, this is for Division Two seating, and, and absolutely true. But what's weird is that with all the chaos in 27-6A, like with South Sand and with Roosevelt and, and all of these teams, it's like, like, it's not, it, it used to be that you could be like, oh, boy, you don't want to see Madison. In the yeah, first round or you don't want to see like Reagan. That. Reagan, yeah. something like that. Now it could be like, oh, you don't want to see South San Antonio in the first round. They all, yeah, 27-6A is, is very much a... Uh, I think things are going to start to shake out this week in that district, but but you're right. The balance, there's no. And, and my game last Saturday was in 27-6A. I was at Heroes in North, which is mm-hmm. Northeast ISD Stadium, and talking to Northeast ISD AD. Um, the, lots of balance in that district, so there's not there, there's not the two clear favorites, but there's like six teams that are all kind of about the same. Let me see if I can find this real quick because I I, I want to make sure we put a pin like you know put a fine point on on how important this is. Um, so you're talking about let me pull up what, what like would be a projected bracket. Um, so the computer, by the way, um, I believe likes Brennan. They like they like Brennan by two. So it's a close game, very very close game. They like Brennan by two. Um, I mean, this could mean ducking Westlake. This could mean ducking Sybil of Steel. This mm-hmm. could mean like there's a lot of implications here. That um, yeah, actually. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, the, the, they're saying the winner of this, uh, you would duck Westlake in the second round. I mean, yeah. that's not nothing. No. You know what I mean? Um, might get so, steel in the second round, though. Might get steel in the second round. Because got steel in the second round last right. year. So, so. There's, no, there's no real upside. But anyway, it's it's worth mentioning that, that like even though it feels you're, – you're listening to this on September 24th or September 25th or something like that, and it feels like the playoffs are miles, miles away mm-hmm. – it's all getting shaped right now. Yeah, but yeah, especially in this district because they've already yes. played three district games. They're they're already a third of the way through the district schedule. All right, it's a good pick. I'm gonna go small school Tepper. Small school Tepper's pack. All right, we're going. Man, I'm very southeast heavy. I'm gonna go to Refurio. I'm gonna go Refurio and Mart. And I, I will admit, admittedly, I think that some of the shine is off this game because Mart has taken some lumps. Yeah. Two and two on the year. Two and two on the year and. By the way, staring two and three in the face, because y'all... Refurio's got this one circled. Refurio, two things. One, Refurio's had this circled for a calendar year, Mm -hmm. because, let's be real, they went to Mart last year, and they got pissed. They got embarrassed. They got... got, I I can't remember the last time Refurio... It's it's probably been ten years since Refurio got drubbed like that. Yeah. Probably when they played Dangerfield. When Dangerfield, the last time Dangerfield yeah. won a state title, I think they played Dangerfield in the semifinals and just got housed. That like even like even when they even when they lose like even when they lose it's like respectable. Well, I guess Canadian housed them in the state yeah, championship. The title game, I forgot about but, Canadian. You know, that, was, that, that Canadian team was so uh, unbelievable. But yeah. I almost forgot about it. But. Fundamentally, like Refuro is not in the business of getting embarrassed, but they got embarrassed last year, and I think they feel embarrassed. Yeah, I mean that game, that that bus ride home sucked. Yeah, and that that was the game that ended the the flex cat. Yes. <laughs> that R I P flex cat. R I P flex cat. <laughs> the flex cat was was put to bed after that game in Refuro, which I think was a smart move. Yes. Went back to they had put Austin Ochoa back at quarterback, and they went back to what they do, which is the spread offense. And they did it well. And by the way, they are cruising right now. They Number are one team in two A Division One. They are. 
and there's there's like like so the the computer by the way if you're interested in this the computer really likes Shiner really likes and Shiner's beaten the tar out of people Shiner's too. been impressive too Shiner's been impressive San Augustine's been impressive it's not a runaway into a division one but Refurio it, for my money has looked the part of yeah. the number one team they've done nothing to dissuade us exactly taking on Mart. Mart has scuffled against bigger teams, and this is a bigger team. This is two A Division One Refuero against two A Division Two Mart. Um, they, we know what they've got. We know the weapons they have. They're they're running basically a zone read type scheme with Kyler Martin and Roger L. Freeman. And the problem is that they just like the offense in the past couple of weeks has just not gotten into gear. Yeah, they're young up front. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest. I mean, they they overmatched Riesel last week. I, I don't even yeah. look at the Riesel no. game. You know they they only that was scored, a get right game. <laughs> they only scored three against Holland, and then even in the win, and, and then they lost to uh, Franklin, and they only scored sixteen. Mm-hmm. So those two games, I think, are going to be more in, indicative of how Mart fares right now. And another thing to keep in mind is they're going into an that Sportsman Bob, Jack Sportsman Bobcat Stadium in Refugio is going to be nuts on yes. Friday night, and they are walking into a proverbial hornet's nest. And I'm not sure a lot of those young kids have gone into – some of them may have played at AT&T Stadium, but I wouldn't call the state championship game a hostile environment. No, this is – There's going to be a hostile environment on Friday night. These are, people, these are people who, if you're wearing purple, are going to be looking at you funny. Yes. Like, they are there – to win and to exact some revenge and to take a pound of flesh. They're gonna, yeah, and they they want their pound of flesh That's exactly. And nothing would make Furio folks more happy than a pound of because remember Mart beat him in the state championship game yes. the year before. So this is a Refurio program that has been personally victimized yes, by Mart twice, twice. So they want it. For, yeah. And and by the way, let's have talk about. Let's let's say for the sake of argument, I don't know. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna be a. I don't think it's gonna get ugly in the sense that I don't think that I don't think. I would not predict a Refurio blowout. I, that's why I would not predict that. The computer likes Refurio. If I let me see, um, I can pull this up. The computer definitely likes Refurio. I will be yeah, clear about I that. I personally like Refurio. Uh, they've got Refurio by eighteen. Okay, they really like Refurio. Bigger team. March taking a couple losses, etc. Right? They like Refurio. I would not predict a blowout. Okay, but let's say there it, this game gets where it's comfortable for Refurio. Don't feel like Jason Herring's going to take his foot off the gas. Hmm. I don't think so either. Um, I think that he can win some friends in Refuria. Yeah, I think they would enjoy that extra little touch. Yeah, I, I think they, that they I'm enjoy. just saying that. So it's an interesting game. It's weird to think of Mart as like a an underdog and kind of a heavy one. Yeah, but they are. I want to see there's but, a lot working against them in this game. But we know they got the talent. We know there's no doubting the talent, and I'm interested to see, especially from a defensive perspective, what they come up with. Because the defense has been pretty darn sharp. We haven't mentioned that. The yeah. Mart defense has been pretty sharp. I'm really interested in, in Martin Refurio for a lot of story, obviously on the field, but a lot of storyline aspects. I, I, and I, here, here's a hypothetical. Let's say Refurio, even if, let's say, let's say they, if they lose, I think you almost have to put Shiner at number one. Yeah. Or 2A. Um, but what if they struggle and win a close one. I think that opens up a more interesting conversation of does Shiner, who's been really well, impressive, do they jump or fear? And I, I hate to keep doing this, but, but, but what St. Augustine did at Tenna Hall last week is yeah. uh, makes puts them in that conversation, too. Yeah. That is... Was it 71? 67-14. Tenna Hall was number eight 
Guys, Ten Hag's really Ten good. Ten really good, and San Augustine blew their doors off. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'm taking a few remarks. What's next? What's for you? All right, I'm going to go to the DFW Metroplex for a 5A game. Mm. Uh, district opener as 3-1 and one Sherman mm. visits McKinney North. In a, this one's off my radar. I think this is kind of one of those kind of second-tier, yeah. not-quite-hipster games, but really interesting games. Last year, coming into this game, Sherman was... No one talked about Sherman in this district. It was all about John Tyler, Texas High, Poteet, McKinney North. Sherman was literally an afterthought. Mm-hmm. McKinney North went to Sherman, and you've been to Sherman now, mm-hmm. in that environment, and they lost. Sherman beat McKinney North, and that's really what was catapulted Sherman into a surprise playoff berth last year. Now Sherman's got to go to McKinney North. And they're taking on, uh, this year, one of the most explosive offenses in the state. They have been crazy. Dylan Markowitz has been unbelievable. Every game, uh, McKinney, North, McKinney North's lowest point total point output is 44 points this year. They've scored at least 44 points in all four games. Dylan Markowitz is breaking all kinds of records. They've got this Emmanuel Fincher kid at running back who gives them balance. They've got multiple receivers who can make plays. At the same token, McKinney North's defense is bad. Yeah. <laughs> it is not good. It is not good. <laughs> they they will They're figure kind out, of like rock wall. They in a will lot of ways. figure out the defense later. Yeah, the, <laughs> McKinney North is perfectly fine winning 57 55. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of the 5A version of rock wall right now. This is kind of the way they're scoring points. Sherman is probably better defensively than McKinney North, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely not as explosive on the offensive side of the ball. But they're, they're off to a nice 3-1 and one start. They've won three in a row since losing the Battle of the Axe. Nice win for the Bearcats over Justin Northwest last week, 23-6, nice to, to shut them out. Uh, Mike Brown had a nice game. Benji uh, Omiyebu, two touchdown receptions. Um, gives Sherman enough, enough firepower. This game, to me, Mirrors. I talked about Rockwall just a second ago. Mirrors last week's Martin Rockwall game in a lot of ways. Sherman's got the better defense, but I don't know if they've got enough offense to keep up with McKinney North in this game. I think this is going to be one of those games that styles make fights. Mm-hmm. If this game's in the 20s, maybe even the low 30s, might be a Sherman advantage. But if this gets in the, uh, anything above 35, I think McKinney North's just got too much firepower. I think that's probably right um, in the sense that McKinney North, like, we know what they want to do. Like, we know what they want to be, the, what everybody's talking about. If everyone's talking about the McKinney North offense, or if anybody's talking about offense, period, in this game, then then they won the game. They won the game, and maybe won the game going away, because they're not going to lose many firefights. No. Okay? No. They're not. But if you're Sherman, if you come up with literally just, like, two stops, you get two or three stops... You're going to have that advantage. Yeah. And your offense is going to score points because McKinney North's defense mm-hmm. is struggling. Exactly. I'm very interested in that. All right. My next pick. A couple weeks ago, I asked you a question on this podcast. And I asked you if a team had the juice. And we were right. They did have the juice. I asked you if Beaumont United had the juice when they played Port Arthur Memorial. Mm-hmm. And they went out there and they won. And they won. That's why you should listen to Teppens. Impressive. They won. They won in a way that like not fluky. Like they won in a way that was like, oh no, they went out there and they went toe to toe with them and they beat them, mm-hmm. plain and simple. It's time for another episode of Do They Have the Juice? All right, Matt fa- Step, new, new, new favorite segment, new favorite segment, Matt Step. Does Cedar Park Vista Ridge have the juice? <laughs> this is interesting. <laughs> this is very interesting because Cedar Cedar Park Vista Ridge has been kind of off our radar. They've, they've struggled the past few mm-hmm. years, and they're off to a great start. They're 4-0. Haven't really played anybody of note just so that's yet. The thing. 
Okay, so but it's, it's, got, Vanda, it's yeah. Vandegrift and Cedar Park Mystery, and I think a vulnerable Vandegrift team. You know, Ish Ish was there, and he gave us firsthand account. He did. He wasn't. He wasn't. Li- he said Vandegrift didn't didn't just light his soul up. Okay, so here's the thing: you go back to 2015, and um, and Vandegrift was, or Vista Ridge was really good. Vista Ridge uh, made it all the way to a semifinal, if I remember correctly. Right? Is that right? They beat or regional or the final. regional final. George Ranch. They lost to George Ranch. Um, okay. Now, but since then, three and eight, four and six, one and nine. Now they're four and zero, oh, and they are lighting people up through the air. Okay, Kyle Brown, this quarterback, has been really good. They look good in seven on seven. I, I do remember that they had a nice seven on seven run, and we thought I thought maybe they'd be improved this year. Adam Fogg, their receiver, has been thirty three catches, five hundred forty nine yards, six touchdowns. But you're right. Who have they played? They have played Leander Rouse. They have played Killeen. Now, I do think Killeen's better this year. The Killeen win is probably their, to me, and the Westwood win solid. The Westwood win solid. Killeen is their best win. They blew Killeen away. Yes, and that Killeen, was impressive. All of Killeen, we talked about is Killeen ISD as a whole is a lot better this year. So mm-hmm. that's easily their best win. So, do they got the juice? Because if they don't have the juice, they're going to get beat by Vandegrift and they might get beat badly. Yeah. But Vandegrift, Vandegrift it, the only reason this game's on my radar is because of what happened last week. Because last week, they played with their food against Hendrickson and darn near got beat. Yeah. They won 28-21. And if you're looking, for, that's part of, the, part of the issue here is that, okay, let's talk about the good with Vandegrift. That defense is really good. Yes, it's outstanding. Jax McCauley, their, their, their linebacker, leads the way for this, this defense. It's been very, very good. Um, that's the good. Here's the struggling. What are they offensively? Like, I love Drew Dawson, their quarterback, but, I mean, he's only thrown the ball 61 times in four games. Uh, they have run the ball fine, Bowen Lewis and company. But this, the, the bottom line is that the offense has this tendency to sputter to a stop. The thing, I think the, the thing about Vandegrift's offense is they don't have that pizzazz. They don't have the game-breaker mm-hmm. that can go 60 or 70 yards. They, they can plot along and get... 10-yard gains, 8-yard. They, they can get first downs. But what happens when you don't have that guy who can break the game open is you've almost got to be perfect on offense because that one penalty, one bad play gets you off schedule, right. and it throws you off. That's the thing about Vandegrift that I've noticed is they just don't have that guy that can break off a 60-yard well, play. And that's the thing. And here's perfect indic- perfectly indicative of that. They have a receiver, Trey Mongozi. Really good receiver. Really good receiver. Five ten hundred seventy, and he's he's caught twenty two passes for two hundred seventy eight yards. He is not. He's averaging about twelve he's, yards. He's, a catch. he's he's a good receiver. He's yeah. the kind of receiver you want on your team. But he is not that. Send him on a go route, and we're gonna we're gonna bomb him type guy. This is a this is an offense that just has not found a way to 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 find its groove, and so. The, obviously, a lot of the headlines are going to be about the headline in this game is the Cedar Park Visceridge offense, which has been great, going up against one of the best defenses in, in the Austin area. Mm-hmm. But the other side's interesting too because the Visceridge defense, oh, fine, you know, okay, it's, it's okay, not amazing, but it's okay. Well, they had a nice first game, yeah. you know, they get they get forty three to Westwood. Yeah, last they get forty three yeah. to Westwood. It's, it's, not, it's not, not very good. Going up against an, a Vandergriff offense that is just like trying to find that spark, trying to find that spark. Fascinated by this matchup, the district thirteen six. I mean, district winner, 13, winner takes sole possession of first place here. These are only only two undefeated teams in the district. Although that district's a mess, man. I mean, 
that's just such a mess. Well, I guess um, Round Rock's one and zero. Round Rock, Round Rock's going to have something to say about this. I still think I still I'm not buying. I'm not selling my stock in Cedar Ridge quite yet. Um, and then Stony, Stony's three and zero. Yeah. Uh, although they got a big one against Cedar Ridge this week. Um, yeah. Stony and Round Rock had the early early buy. Right. So for me, I don't know. This game's really interesting to me, and we will find out in this episode. Do they got the juice? I'm gonna say no. I think Vandergriff gets them. So I think Vandergriff probably does. The computer likes Vandergriff big. The computer likes Vandergriff by 23. Yeah. So I'm gonna say no. But you've also got to remember that the computer basically, because Vistridge was one in nine last year, they started so low in the rankings. Yeah, but they've made a nice leap. But they're still 118th in six A rankings. They are the computers. Like okay, that's nice, but like you've got a long climb yeah, to go. Now win this week, they'll sh- they'll probably be one of the big big risers. That's gonna be the week. big riser yeah. if, they, if they win this week. So really interesting matchup. That one's a Gupton this week. What is your third pick? All right, I'm going down to Central Texas in a Class Four A matchup, and one of I think the toughest districts in the state, top to bottom. Uh, that's District Eight Four A Division Two as Lorena at three and one. Opens district play at Fairfield, who is also three and one. Mm-hmm. Um, every game you could put a game another in this district. Those, another one of those games that uh, that's in that second level of like it's not this headliner. It's not it's not Lake Travis playing Allen, but it's like right there. And it's like a it's, super good game. You, you look at this district and and, and, I, and be, to be honest, there's probably four. I mean, Connolly, Robinson, Lorena, and Fairfield are all potential. Top ten caliber teams in four AD two. I agree with that. And then that next tier, Salado, Madisonville, and Mejia. Mejia's one and two. Mejia's really good this year. Mejia's sneaky good. Mejia has a uh, if you're into this kind of thing. Mejia's a positive point differential. Yeah. So Mejia has a nice win over Teague. Yeah. They've got you know a couple you know they played Cameron Yotuff. This this is a it's a good district. So every game in this district is going to be and because of this district, it came down to tiebreakers last year. Because Every game in this district is vital. Yes, and, and you need to get those wins and get. Those- gonna be, there's going to be at least one good team left out of this district. So Fairfield, you know, took care of business last week. They, uh, you know, rolled past Teague, uh, 34-13. They had a good game from AJ Brim. Bradley Lena did Bradley Lena things, put up big numbers, tossed three touchdown passes, um, and. I think they're going to need to run the ball because Fairfield's defense against the run is struggling. Mm-hmm. They got torched last week by Palestine. Um, I think Palestine's running back had over 300 yards rushing. So even though even though Lorena is a pass pass oriented team, I think with AJ Brim having a good game last week, I think they're going to try to see if they can exploit that de- that weakness in the Fairfield defense. Um, Fairfield's going to have some playmakers in the skill spots, and they're at home, but. I just think Lorena, with um, the balance on offense, they've been a little more consistent. They're not real flashy on defense, but I think they've been a little more consistent. Um, I think that gives them a little bit of an edge in, in this matchup. Yeah, I'm. I again, you're so right about that district in the sense that like, ev- everyone's good. Like everyone's one through good. seven. That's a good district. If you are interested in this, uh, from a state rankings perspective, in the computer rankings, nine. 10, 12, 22, 29, 31, and 37. So the lowest, so the difference between. Mejia is 37th in their last place. Yeah. And to put that in perspective, by the way, they would be the best team in District 7. They'd be the best team in District 4. They'd be the best team in District 11. They'd be the best team in, I mean, in 14, uh, best team in district. Yeah, I mean, they would be, Mejia, who's in last place in this district, would be 
According to computer rankings, the best team in four of their districts in this, yeah. in, in, which in is a district. quarter of the districts in right. four eighty two. Right, that's what we're saying. Is that like this is a, a really good district, and there are going to be good teams left out. Who's going to blink first? Because by the way, I I don't think you're probably not taking two teams, two games from the same district. So I'm I'm okay saying that Wake O'Connell and Salado is going to tell us a lot too, because Salado's off to a really good start. Mm-hmm. Um, that has some upset potential, I think. Uh, but that is Toledo's offense. They were going to yeah. slot tease the devil. Exactly. So to me, the, I think you're so right that the the ripple effects that this game will have. Yeah, every game in this district is going to be worth. I mean, even Mahia Madisonville this week. Mm-hmm. That's a hu- I mean that's a huge game as well. So every game in this district for the rest of the season is going to be going to be worth watching. My fourth pick is I'm, again I'm southeast heavy, but we're going to go to where's this game. We're gonna to go to Huntsville. Uh, a game we've had circled for, from from the jump is district in District Ten Five A Division Two is uh, AM Consolidated Huntsville. Oh yeah, and again maybe a game that got a little bit of the shine taking off of it because of um, Huntsville lost to College Station. Because Huntsville lost to College Station. Yeah, um, and and they so they do have a common opponent, right? Because uh, yeah, no Consolidated play College Station. They play Brian. That's right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, consult. There, there's a, there's a little bit of a Cold War. Uh, there's a little bit of A and M Texas thing going on in College Station with Consol and College Station High. We won't get into that. We so, have another podcast about that. So Consolidated is is number three, I think, in our rankings. Man, their offense, that, that, the skill talent. I mean, we saw it in seven on seven. I yes. mean, their skill talent is through the roof. It is crazy. Um, they've got playmakers. All they got they got an OU commit, two A and M commits. Um, at receiver, they, they've got three guys who are, who are capable of really just like you're talking the game. about Devin Price, Brian Darby, um, and there's a third guy. Oh gosh, yes. I, I don't know if he's committed yet, but he's a D. I know Missouri was looking at him. Hey, no, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, but who's who's been? Has it been this Kerry Brooks? Has he been the quarterback for AM Consolidated, or has it been this? No, so eight? Brooks transferred in from Brian. Yeah. Um, he was quarterback at Brian, but he's playing uh, DB, and I think. Kind of uh, getting used, kind of as a, as a mm-hmm. kind of a Swiss Army knife on the offensive side of the ball. G- Gage Paul um, has been the, been the court. Nate Floyd is the yeah. other the other guy. Nate Floyd, yes. But uh, they got Kerry, Kerry Brooks has been more of a. Uh, they do use him on offense. They'll put him at running back at times, um, and they'll put him at um, receiver. But I think he spends most of his time on the. Uh, the so they held out ball. last week against Leander Rouse. Again, they didn't need him, and they held out Devin Price. Yeah, a little bit of an ankle and thing, they, and they move Brian. They're probably knowing what's coming down the pike, and they need this game uh, against this. But yeah, I think I think Coach Fedor, Lee Fedora said that if it was a district game, I think. But Gage you know, Paul, we'll they moved they moved Brian Darby to receiver, and all he did was just light it up because yeah. he's been he's been running by. They yeah, he's, have a, he's a natural receiver. They are a team that is offensively is not only very talented but also diverse. Yes, and they, they, they can create match versatile, mm-hmm. and so they can do a lot of different things. Now going up against Huntsville and. The big question for Huntsville is the status of Matthew Southern. Yep. I know he's been nicked up. You wonder if they've held him out if if, if these were district games if they would have if he would have played. Um week off's not definitely not gonna hurt. No, it's not gonna hurt. We're gonna find out, you know, if if he rolls out there, it's game on, right? Because Matthew Southern, their quarterback, is awesome. He's a difference maker. He is a true points. difference maker. And Huntsville's defense is still you know, that, that loss against College Station. Huntsville, a lot of turnovers, a lot of penalties. They, College Station had short field after short field, yeah. and then they just, you know, their defense played out of their mind. So they got to clean that th- up. Yeah, I think you know, with the week off, I, I think they will. The, the key matchup here is going to be the – last year, College Station's – I mean, A&M Consolidated's offense could do – Huntsville shut them down. Yes. 
it's going to be interesting to see what adjustments Consol makes looking at the film from last year's game to see if they can can make things happen because where, where Huntsville dominated this game was was up front. Yes. their defensive line dominated Consol's offensive line and didn't allow Consol's skill players to make plays. Mm-hmm. Has Consol's offensive line improved enough to make that more of a stalemate up front? We're going to find out. It's an it's a super interesting game, and, and again, in in a district that is a little bit turned upside down because. State ranked Lamar Consolidated. Yeah, we, they, they were they were a team that kind of was on our radar as well. Early, State ranked early Lamar Consolidated. Uh, unbeaten Katie Pato. Pato is anybody uh, yeah, want to yeah. ask if they got the juice? Yeah. If they beat, they'll, they'll beat Cleveland by a ton this week, and they'll be four and zero. I support and Katie then, Pato because they have a running back named Major Payne. And then we're going to be asking the question yeah. of whether or not Pato's got the juice. Yes, but. Uh, for now, this is a game that this is the classic game that we were anticipating. Two and, teams that we think are amongst the contenders in Region correct. Three. And so, if you want to talk about who's going to challenge a team like Manville or Fort Penn Marshall, the winner of this game probably will. So that is my fourth pick. What's your fourth pick? We're gonna go to the Big Country. Oh, West Texas. As Cisco visits Ballinger in the district opener. This is borderline hipster too. Yeah, this is this is the this is the district opener and, and potentially for a district title. These are the t- to me the two best teams in district. I believe that's 4-3A Division 2. Mm-hmm. Um, Cisco last year just dominated this district. In fact, they didn't get pushed at all, and we think that might have been one of the reasons why they got upset in the first round of the playoffs because when they finally got pushed, they weren't ready. I do think Ballinger's capable, unbeaten Ballinger is capable of pushing Cisco here. They're at home, and they've got a big-time offense. Um, Edgar Nunez does it all for Ballinger. He, I think he ran for two scores, threw for two scores, even kicked a field goal uh, two weeks ago when they, when they uh, knocked off Colorado City 49-14. to Ballinger's off to their best start since 2000, 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and we, we thought Ballinger had a chance to be really good this year. They had a lot of experience back from a team that went 6-5 and five or 7-4 and four last year. Well, now this is their chance to really make a statement and knock off the team that's been kind of the big bully in 3A Division Two in the big country. Yes. Um, uh, I think you're right. This has, this has upset potential. But Cisco, this is, this, is, this is a very Brent West team. Very unassuming. No one's talking about them. And they're 2-1. They're their only loss is a close game to Wall. Stanley Callahan and like seven other running backs just kind of plot along. And the next thing you know, Cisco's beating you by, you know, 21 points. Yeah, that's just, kind just of what incredibly happens. Cisco. They beat, I mean, the last game at Breckenridge 40 to 19. Didn't really see anything too that stood out to you in the stats, but then you look at the, the, the sum of the parts, and Cisco's winning by three touchdowns. So it's a good pick. I like that pick. And with my final pick, let's get real tense here for a minute. Oh, boy. Because we have to talk about a battle of unbeatens in East Texas that nobody wants to talk about. All right. As the Hugh Springs Mustangs, oh boy, <laughs> take on the Purple Tigers of Mount Vernon. Yes, uh, this is a battle of unbeaten's. It's a district opener for both these squads. Uh, in what is, by the way, an extremely good uh, district. Yes, uh, this is if you're this is District Seven Three A Division One, uh, Jefferson. Atlanta, who nobody's you, welcome to this podcast. Atlanta's like one in three. Where but we they're... will never sell our Atlanta stock. Yeah. Um, now you know, and, and Hugh Springs off to a terrific start, four zero. One of the highest risers, by the way, in computer rankings. Taking on Mount Vernon, and we should address the elephant in the room, <laughs> which is Mount Vernon is coached by our Bryles. Yes, um, we're on the premium podcast, so I don't mind telling you guys that I don't like talking about this. 
I no. don't like talking about this because I like talking about Mount Vernon football. I like talking about Mount Vernon football because Mount Vernon is a high school football team. Yes. But what I uh, because every time you talk about Mount Vernon you have to have a take. Yes. And I don't want to have a take. Nobody cares about my take and all my take is going to do is make people mad. Mhm. So your take is you take one, you you want your take to be about how Mount Vernon's Purple Tigers are doing on the football. Field. That's exactly right, and it has nothing to, regardless of who's coaching the team. You want to be talking about the kids and how they're doing. It could doing. still be Josh Finney, and I'd have yeah. the same thoughts about the team. Yeah. But the problem is that our Browns is such a lightning rod. Yeah. That you have to have a take, and I just refuse to. So that's why I just kind of avoid talking about it because yeah. I don't want to. And they're in. Well, it's like last week when I posted the news about the DEC meeting. You yeah. know, it, it, my, my mentions blew up. It had nothing to do with Art Bryles. It had to do with a team that was 3 0, ranked in the state rankings, that had some players that had their eligibility reviewed. Yes. We would have tweeted about it regardless of who it was. It has happened to me, Mount Vernon. Those players are eligible and they make a difference and more power to them. They're, they're eligible by UIL rules and they should be able to play. Correct. So. That is my thoughts on the matter. And and that is why, especially and the great thing about my job is that because we get to cover the entire state, um, there are always great games. And and I can as much as I as long as I want to, fundamentally, I could just never mention them. I could never mention Mount Vernon. If I wanted to take a real hard line stand and say, I'm never mentioning Mount Vernon because I'm just disgusted or whatever, and I'm not. I just don't care. Yeah. But the thing for me is that now you have an actually interesting game. And there are people out there with hashtag CAB in their, in their Twitter profiles who like to tweet me the Mount Vernon score every week. And that's fine. Thank you for your updates. But the bottom line of it is that Mount Vernon hadn't played anybody yet. Mount yeah, Vernon. Winsboro was their best win. Yeah. And even in, in Winsboro was a little bit of a softer 3 0. Absolutely. You know. and, and so let me, let me see if I can pull up their schedule real quick because it's got the lines for, from each of their games, okay? In 7 3 Division 1. Uh, at, they have played so far. Um, Mount Vernon has played Bonham, who they were 11 point favorites against. They have played Farmersville, who they were 31 point favorites against. They have played Canton, who they were 24 point favorites against. And now they're playing, or then they played Winsboro, who they were 26 point favorites against. Yeah. They were considerable favorites. They should be four now. And they are. Now, that's not to say they haven't been good. They've been really good. Yeah. Uh, their quarterback, uh, whose name escapes me at the moment, but they got a number of receivers in Boston Morris, Max Rutledge. They run the ball well as Xander Reeder. Uh, the offense has been great. Defense, untested. Fundamentally untested. And they're going to test this week against the slot T. This is the slot T. Hugh Springs is one of the... Cause slot T is very... You have pockets of it. Yeah. Southeast Texas and the real the South Texas, mm-hmm. you know, is where the big pockets are. Hughes Springs is kind of on an island where in, in Northeast Texas mm-hmm. they run the true slot T and they run it well. They have had been success with people it. up. They so lit up Tatum last week. It's going to be a real test for Mount Vernon's defensive staff and you know for their kids. To, to going up against this offense. Going up against Andrew Gall, Trayvon Kennedy, Isaiah Bolden. This is a team that runs the ball really well. And by the way, the Hugh Springs defense has been pretty good. Pretty darn good. Uh, they they held uh, uh, Tatum to 13 points. This is a really pretty good defensive team. This is the kind of game that, for all the people in my Twitter mentions, if they win this game, they're going to be sitting up and paying attention. Yeah. Where, where, where do we, in your in our rankings? Where do we have, do we have Mount Vernon ranked yet? Mount Vernon is currently not ranked. They're probably on the, in that ten they're, to fifteen. They're in that ten, 10 to fifteen range. Yeah. They're, they're they get a win this week, depending on what happens. Four zero with a legit with a legit good win. Um, that would be interesting. So that is my that is my fifth pick. Uh, it's Mount Vernon, Hugh Springs, because I want to make this podcast as awkward as possible. There you go. All right, I'm going to end this with uh, a trip to the Panhandle. 
Mm. And I think I know what you're picking. I'm going Wellington at Panhandle. Yeah. Of course, not to mention there's another great game in Abernathy. The sec- Hamlin's second neutral site matchup. Hamlin and Stratford is a banger. In Hamlin and Stratford is borderline game of the week type yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's really good. We talked about Hamlin Wheeler a couple weeks ago, so I, I decided to skip on that one. Let's talk about Wellington and Panhandle. Mm-hmm. Wellington three and one bounced back nicely from their win, their loss to Abernathy, yes. and upset West Texas. Stinnett West Texas was a team that I had considered as a top ten team in two A Division one, and Wellington jumps up and bites them yeah. and beat them twenty eight twelve. Really good win. Their defense was unbelievable. West Texas had been throwing up big numbers. Even even in their loss to Canadian, they put up some big numbers on. They had, they couldn't do anything against Wellington. Mm-hmm. So um, that was an eye opener for me for the Skyrockets. I think I think Coach Profit and, and the team. You know, the thing about it is when you're that young, you're going to have some peaks and valleys. You're going to have deal with bouts of inconsistency. So I know for Coach Profit, he's probably hoping that that they can get a little more consistent and consistent in a way like they played against West Texas. Mm-hmm. But they're going up against a Panhandle team that that's really been dominant right now. Uh, just drilled Vega forty nine to six, and that was an unbeaten Vega team who was pushing, knocking on the door for the two A Division two rankings. Beating forty nine to six, Houston Heck one hundred eighty seven yards and a touchdown, caught a touchdown pass, um, had a big game, and Panhandle's really. I you know they they blew Childress away two weeks mm-hmm. ago and then you come back with a big win over Vega. This is a team that I think um, is a two A Division one regional title contender. I think they. Um, I think you're right. And I think their their ability up front, Wellington, like I said, is very young, still maturing, especially in the trenches. And I think that's where Panhandle wins this game. I think this game has a chance to be pointsy. Uh, because Panhandle puts up numbers. Yeah. They did it last year, too. Pan, you know, people forget Panhandle went to the regional final yes. last year. And they put up big numbers even in the loss against New Deal last year. Yeah, I think so. So I am I'm very, very interested in, in this one. I think that's a great a great pick. So our draft, I took Angleton, Shadow Creek, Refurio, Mart, Vandegrift, Cedar, uh, Vandegrift, Vista Ridge, Andam, Consolidated, Huntsville, and Mount Vernon, Hugh Springs. You took Brandeis, Brennan, Sherman, McKinney, North, Lorena, Fairfield, Cisco, Ballinger, and Panhandle, Wellington. Got a good amount of the state covered oh, there. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Basically not El Paso, not Rio Grande Valley. Not a great week in the Rio. Rio Grande Valley uh, is doing the weird it's thing. It's a big... Uh, uh, Real Grand Valley versus Little South Wisconsin. Midland Lee and San Benito is probably the headliner, right? Uh, Hannah yeah. and Tascosa is interesting. Hannah Tascosa is interesting. H- Hannah is a lot better than we thought. Um, I think I think I tweeted out. I said the Real Grand Valley went one and four last year. Hannah beat Tascosa last year. I think the Real Grand Valley gets two wins this year. Yeah, I, mean, I think they're both going to come from the Harlingen schools. I think Harlingen is going to beat Midland down. In, Midland's got to go to Harlingen to play. Okay, talk about a hornet's nest. Yeah. And then I think Harlingen South is going to go to Odessa and beat Odessa High. Hey Odessa now. High is way down this year. I'm taking Harlingen South to beat Odessa. I like it. Um, all right, I think Tascosa gets their revenge on uh, Hannah. Permian will handle Los Fresnos and. Midland Lee will handle San Benito. Midland Lee's really good, y'all. Midland the Rebs are back. <laughs> the Rebs are back, baby. Yeah. Um, all right. So now, with your hipster game of the week, is Matt's step. All right. I'm going to, to stay in the same part of the world I was just in, uh, kind of the Panhandle, South Plains, mm-hmm. as Slayton at 3-1, 3-Division 1, 3-Division division mm-hmm. 1, division one three Slayton, division one. visits 2-A-Division 1 post. And post fresh off a rain shortened but win over Abernathy fourteen to thirteen, and Still post counts. Is, post is a team that that I thought was going to be a hipster pick. And remember at coaching school when I was telling you 
we were talking about it and I said, all the coaches in post district are telling me, watch out for the antelopes, watch out for the antelopes. Mm-hmm. And man, they're looking like uh, soothsayers right now. And, uh, it'll be interesting. Slate, Slayton is very athletic. They've got a lot of speed and they're able to put some pressure on, on teams that not a lot of teams in West Texas can do because of their athleticism. Post is going to grind it out. Uh, Ashton Jefferson, that running back, does a good job. Um, they just kind of they run their they run their style. They just kind of line up and mash you and play physical, old school style football. I think this is going to be a battle of pace. The game is in post, and I think that's a big advantage for the Antelopes. Um, even though they're the smaller school, I think they're going to have an edge up front. I think they're going to be able to push Slayton around, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to be the difference in this game. But Slayton's a good three Division One playoff team. They won a playoff game last year. This is a good solid test uh, for Post because Post still has to play New Deal um, in district, and I think Sundown as well. So um, they still have some tough tests ahead of them in district. But if Post can get this win, I think that gives them a lot of confidence um, as they move towards district play and playoff seating. Yeah, if they do one two punch of beating Abernathy, slight asterisk, and beating uh, or at least hanging with Abernathy, yeah. forget winning, hanging with Abernathy, and then beating Slayton, that would do a lot of good for them. All right. I am going to... Where is this game? I should always do research before I do this. Okay. Live coverage of Greg Tepper looking up where a game is. Okay. On the podcast. We're going to... If I type in Texas Bob. There's Shahan in the conference room. He's still working hard over there. We're going to Lions Stadium. We're going to Lions Stadium in Williamson County. Lions Stadium in Williamson County, home of the Granger Lions. Oh! The Granger Lions! Former... uh, Top 10 team lost their first game last week. Welcome in the unbeaten Anderson Shiro Owls. Home of a Mr. Texas football week two, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is a 3-1 against... Uh, so 3-1 against 4-0. Uh, okay. Um, and this is a really interesting matchup. Is this a district game or not a district no, game? No, this is a okay. non-district matchup. So that's the, only, that's the only downside. But this is a really interesting matchup. Anderson Shiro is getting buried because they're in the Newton district. Yeah. And and they're also not Corgan Camden. And they're a fairly new. I mean, Anderson Shiro's only, only been playing football for a few years. Six, yeah. seven years now? But they're off to a 4-0 start, and they have pitched three shutouts in their first four games. Their defense has been awesome. And they got that running back, Zacharius Hayes. He's the guy who was missing yeah. Texas football week two. He has been nutso. Really, really good. Taking on a Granger team that just took their first loss of the year. Um, they lost in overtime, maybe double overtime, to um, to uh, Bruceville Eddie. Yeah. Uh, but this is a Granger team uh, that uh, has been, uh, you know, just bobbing along, putting up points. Putting yes. Up, they've very been very, very pointy. Yeah. They've scored a lot. Um, this is a really interesting matchup, and I think a final tune-up for two teams that do have um, headliners in the district. Now, this is a 3A Division II in Anderson Shiro up against a 2A Division II in Granger. Uh, so this is there's a big leap here, kind of like mm-hmm. what you were talking about with Slayton and, and, and uh, Post doing the same thing. There's a big leap here probably basically because Anderson Shiro, when they're in the scheduling of business of still a young program, they want to schedule teams yeah. that are a little bit more in their weight class. Uh, I think it would be a big deal if Anderson Shiro was 5-0. and that Absolutely, would be a big, yeah, stinking deal. Uh, and I think they got the weapons to it's do a good it. Litmus test for them to see where they stand. Yes. If, they, if they blow Granger away, yeah, then you start to go. Okay, is this a team that maybe can compete for second place in this district? Right. Uh, well, let's not get crazy. They're not going to compete with Newton for the no. district title, but maybe, maybe exactly right. Maybe they compete with Corgan Camden. Exactly. Maybe they compete with Corgan Camden. You feel like they can probably beat you know a team like Hemphill, who's a little bit down this year. Uh, a team like New Waverly. You can be. You can get into the playoffs. Yeah. And I don't know. Have they ever made the playoffs? I think they made it. That's a good question. 
Let's see if I can find this real quick. I think they have. Um, let's see. You know, let's We're see. both researching it's a live here. coverage of me trying to find out if they have ever made the playoffs. This yes, they have. Okay. They made it last year. Okay, they lost it. They've been three times. Actually, they've been three times oh, in my uh, face. But they've never. They've now in all three of their playoff games, they've given up sixty points in the first round. Uh, they lost to Dangerfield last year, sixty-four to thirteen in the first round. Okay, but That's, getting a better seed potentially go. would we give go. Them more favorable matches. So, so Anderson Shiro and Granger is my hipster game of the week. Where are you this week? All right. So last week. So for those of you who don't know, last I was in Fort Wayne last week. And my schedule was crazy because I landed Friday at about 3 o'clock mm-hmm. from Buffalo. And I went home, did a load of laundry, and rushed to Denison for for Frisco, Reedy, and Denison. And Denison's not far, but it's about an hour and a half drive. Yeah, that's that's not a fun drive either. As and, somebody who's made that drive a couple of times Yeah, and coming from Fort Worth, it was a little bit different. Tell me, to, tell me to go 35 to 82 and cut across Gainesville. Ah, interesting. Like go through Whitesboro. Mm-hmm. Um, miss that traffic on 75. Mm-hmm. Um and then fr- I drove back to Fort Worth Friday night, and then at 7 o'clock in the morning, had a 7 o'clock flight. God in heaven. No, no, no. no 8 o'clock flight. It was 8 o'clock flight. I got to the airport at 7, to San Antonio. What is wrong with you? Yeah. I was pretty tired Sunday. Uh, I, I did not stay up for the whole Washington State-UCLA game. I, I missed Pac-12 after dark. Oh, no. Yeah, which I missed a lot. Um, so that, that was my week last week. So I'm trying to get back onto a normal schedule. Um, so this week, Thursday, I will be at Rowlett North Garland, which is undefeated a, North. Garland. Yes, first time since 1990, I believe they're undefeated and they're one and zero in district. And Rowlett's one big district game. Yes. I think if North Garland gets this win, they that's probably a huge step towards the playoffs yes. for the Raiders. So. Um, really interested to see how good North Garland is against Rowlett. So a fun – I mean, I don't get to Garland ISD very much because, let's be honest, their games aren't usually very fun. Right. This year I think Garland ISD is fun. Wiley beat Saxe last mm-hmm. week, so I think that district's going to be fun to watch. Did you know, by the way, Garland has beaten South Garland seven years in a row? I found that out. Yeah, with yeah it's, it's been a while. That used to be the rivalry. Oh, yeah. Garland. I remember that was and the one. Other than South Garland, Naaman's struggling a little bit. I think everybody else in that district's pretty evenly matched. Mm-hmm. That district's going to be fun to watch mm-hmm. this year. So – those Thursday night games in Garland are, are going to be a lot more interesting this year. Yeah, so God knows when I was doing when I was working for the morning news, <laughs> some of those Thursday night games. I got bad. sent out there for a lot of those, a lot yeah. of those, and they, some of them were dull. Yeah, so that should be good. So Rowlett North Garland is a good Thursday yes, game. Really, good. very excited about that. Friday night, I'm going to see Little Elm and Frisco Lone Star. So I'm going to get eyes on Frisco Lone Star as well. They're playing at Memorial Stadium, okay. so get some Frisco action on. I already emailed Matt, our buddy Matt Wixon at Frisco for that game. So. I know Ashley Pickle's seen Lone Star, and you've seen significant significant think, highlights I of him. I think Ish is going to be in Frisco on Friday night, too, but I think he's going to be at the Star. because He's doing Frisco and Reedy? He's doing Frisco and Reedy. Frisco, who put up 74 points yes. last week running the wing team. Yeah, but, but you know, Jeff, and he, Jeff Harbert, I think, on your show on Friday, football, Fox Football Friday, uh, watch Fox Football Friday. Thank I, you. I actually put Fox Football Friday on while I'm driving home from my game, Thank and you. I can't watch it because sure. I'm driving, but I do listen to it. Um, so, and I just, you know. Laugh. God bless Aaron Hardigan for dealing with you. Um, but uh, you know they're they're throwing the they played seven yes. on seven this year. They're throwing it around and they mm-hmm. they they still base out of the wing tee, but they're a little more multiple this year. So that's awesome. I may have to have dinner with Fish before the game. I may have to text him. See if we can go to Super Chicks pregame. Super Chicks. Heck yeah, that's one of the places that Ben Baby didn't uh, that he when he was doing his chicken recruiting. He. I'm sorry. If Ish is going to the Star, he's going one place. Uh, he's going to Connie Rose. Right. Yeah, you. that's true. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then uh, Saturday, I'm headed back to San Antonio. Man, for San Antonio O'Connor, K 
Okay. Versus San Antonio Taft. Taft, who played Brennan very tough last week. And uh, I don't even know who you are. You're going to three good games. <laughs> I, 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 I'm a little, yeah, I don't know. I'm a little, you know. Uh, so let's see what Taft. Taft. Taft is two and two. And they're one and two in districts. So they're still kind of in the still mix. Still in it. They steal this one, then suddenly they're it's the right mix. back on track. So O'Connor, I believe, is three and one and three and oh in district because they, um, they lost their opener to steal. Mm-hmm. So um, back to back weeks in San Antonio, but, uh, Houston, don't worry. I'm headed your way the next three weekends after this. Really? So, yes. Oh, my God. Next three weekends, I'm in Houston. So. Sister play. Oh, yeah. Hard of sister. Uh, double, double headers in Houston, too. This, uh, San Antonio usually only get the one yeah. Saturday night game. Houston has the double headers. You can get the value shop. Oh, yeah. yeah you, so, get the great, you can get the great value and multi-pack. Then go, and then go to Frenchies. So, yeah, so that's my week. So it's a good, it's a good week for me. It's not. You're you're, you're actually interested. I in actually me. am. Yeah, and you're not laughing at my games this week. I'm not laughing. At your games. But you know when I go to those games, you laugh at. I, you know, Taft and Bishop. Taft and Bishop. Taft and Bishop was a banger. Okay, <laughs> it was. You would have you would have thoroughly enjoyed it. I I I know I would have. Yeah, I know I would have. Yeah. It just. It Did always, you enjoy my concession stand picks from yes. South Texas? Just that one concession stand where they had brisket tacos and loaded potatoes and. For like two bucks. Yeah, and corn and then Takis with queso. <laughs> God. Unbelievable. Oh, let's move the off. God bless you, South Texas. God, God bless South you, Texas. Rio Grande Valley. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending a little bit of your day uh, with us. Appreciate you being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. Please watch Fox Sports Southwest. My bosses want me to say that. Uh, thanks a lot. And Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. See you next week. Let's have a step. Step.